Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. All right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome to another episode of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Anthony Marino, happy to be here with you once again, talking everything Buffalo Bills and now getting to that time of the season, post-draft. Of course, we have a lot of post-draft analysis for you at buffalorumblings.com. If you've not been to the site lately, check it out. See all the breakdowns on Gregory Rousseau, Carlos Basham Jr., Spencer Brown, and the other members of the Buffalo Bills 2021 NFL Draft class. Um, Some expected news came out earlier this week, which to me seemed like a no-brainer. I think for some fans, there was a little bit question, at least with half of this equation, where the Buffalo Bills picked up the fifth-year options for both Josh Allen and Tremaine Edmonds, right? So that deadline was coming uh, on Monday. And, of course, for Josh Allen, right, it was a no-brainer. For him, it's a a one-year guaranteed salary, just over $23 million for the 2022 season. Uh, You know that was going to happen, and obviously there's been some conversation around a long-term contract for Allen and what that would look like. Uh, For me, it seemed like a no-brainer that the Bills would also pick up the fifth-year option for Tremaine Edmonds, um, two-time Pro Bowler, you know, one time as an alternate, one time where he was, you know, named to the the Pro Bowl during the 2020 season, um, coming in just under $12.8 million for the 2022 season. Now, in in many circles, right, it's it's interesting because when you you talk about – Edmonds, there's always a little bit of a debate, at least on Twitter, online, in the comments section at buffalorumblings.com about him as a a player. Um, I do think many fans tend to forget that he he played the entire 2020 season injured. Um, Certainly some areas for improvement, uh, but also a guy that just turned 23 years old heading into his fourth year in the NFL which to me is a is a bit crazy when when you do think about that right because it's here he is coming towards the end of his rookie contract or at least 3 years in and now we're in a situation where you really look at pieces and think to yourself man this guy is just getting started so young and I know some people always complain and say like well that's just an excuse or it's this it's a reality based on how how young he is like there is not there's not anything there that you can look at things and say like that's oh it's this it's that like blah, blah, no 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 like this is this is reality he just turned 23 years old I mean there are players that the Bills just drafted right guys that the Bills just drafted that are already older than Tremaine Edmonds right according to Marcel Luis Jock of ESPN Carlos Basham Spencer Brown Demar Hamlin and Marquez Stevenson are all older than Tremaine Edmonds, who turned 23 earlier this week as he's about to enter his fourth season. So 
I share that with everyone because I think when you take a look at it, it's just one of those pieces. I think it adds some perspective. I personally thought it was a no-brainer. Um, you could see the Bills look to do a contract extension with Josh Allen and certainly tend to wait maybe with things when it comes to Tremaine Edmonds, uh, see how he performs this season. But I personally was happy to see the team pick up the fifth-year option for both of those guys, not something weighing over their heads to see if they did or did not do that. And uh, from this standpoint, I, you know, I look at it in an opportunity for the Bills to uh, to move forward. You know, I wanted to talk to you guys, too, a little bit more about the draft is sort of the dust settles on pieces. And it's uh, it was interesting early on um, when the Bills picked Gregory Rousseau. I jumped on the Talking Buffalo podcast with Pat Moran. I gave my breakdown here at BuffaloRumblings.com. And it was uh, obviously a long day, right? A late night getting to pick 30. And I was I did not see the Rousseau pick coming to the Bills, and you know in hindsight maybe you maybe you should have seen it more of an as an option, right? That's a, a guy that was in the green room. Traditionally, guys don't end up in the green room if they're not going to be a first round pick. And I don't even think he was on my radar coming into to pick thirty um, with some of the guys that were selected before him, especially someone like Eric Stokes. It was like, okay, is that Someone they were considering. I'd been preparing myself that the team was going to take Asante Samuel Jr. from Florida State. So I think my head was there. And then the pick came with Rousseau, and I was certainly a bit um, surprised. But also when I say that I was surprised, it's interesting because, you know, so many Bills fans were really high on Rousseau earlier in the process, right? Around that March timeline, I look back to some of our Mocking the Bills articles, Um from like late March, and he was like the the odds-on favorite of who Bills fans wanted the team to take at 30, even questioning if he would be there. Um, and then his pro day happened. And when I say his pro day happened, it's not like he had this horrific pro day in any way, shape, or form. It's just a pro day that wasn't as good as Jalen Phillips. You know, his teammate from the University of Miami, Phillips was off the charts with his athleticism, and Rousseau was good. You know, I, I, and I say good. I mean, he ran like a four six five forty, at six foot seven, two hundred and sixty five pounds. You know, only a thirty inch vertical. Um, his ten years, ten yard split was still fantastic. So, the, you know, there were pieces where I just felt like it was kind of overblown. Where all of a sudden it became, oh, Rousseau, well, how did he this or how did he that? And and, and it just, uh, I think for a lot of fans, it just wasn't what they expected. It didn't have that real wow factor to it when it took place. And, and that was my initial reaction, too. Then you take a step back and you go back and you sort of look at who he is as a player. And of course, like once he's on your team, right, you're like, listen, I'm all in. This is my guy, whatever. Like I will I will fight to the death for him type of piece. Right. But you um, you look back at some of his footage and you're like, man, this guy, maybe he's got something there. Right. He's raw but he's got something and you hear his interviews in the press conference after he's drafted. And then the next morning on WGR and you see his interview with Bruce Smith, you see the video footage of him walking around one bills drive and you start to get excited, right? I mean, he certainly has an infectious personality through every interview and everything you've seen um, comes across as genuine comes across as excited and it's just, um, it's infectious as a fan base, right? I mean, we've seen guys drafted in the past, and I'm not even going to name their names, where 
They got this look on their face like they'd rather be anywhere else. Not the case with Greg Rousseau. Greg Rousseau with a, a genuine boyish energy, charm, whatever you want to call it to him, that really came out post-draft. And I personally am excited to see what what he can do. Um, and it's funny because you see certain things, people grading picks already, this and that. Like, listen, man, I, I know guys have to do it. It's part of their assignments. I'm not a big fan of it um, until someone like plays a snap. But I will really say I'm excited to see what he can do on the field. I'm excited to see all these guys get on the field, right? Like you think to last season, no preseason football at all. What that would have been like to get a glimpse at A.J. Epinesa early on or to see Tyler Bass kicking, you know, in in front of a crowd or in the stadium before the regular season starts. Um, Maybe some flashes from Gabriel Davis or what Zach Moss would have been or you know, heck, even to see Jake Fromm, if, if he can be anything, you know, now you look at this team and it's a little bit different, right? Because you don't have those skill position players. But when it comes to preseason football, like, oh, yeah, I want to see Gregory Rousseau walking out that tunnel, Carlos Basham, especially those two guys, and to see what they can do and what kind of impact they can really, really make. So it's interesting because my initial reaction, right, was a, when I say lukewarm, it was just I don't even know. I mean, I I was tired. I was definitely tired at the end of Thursday night. I imagine many fans were. It's like, man, waiting a big till 30. It was just, uh, it was a little, a little crazy. Then when you even think there had been, uh, you know, some conversation if the Bills had traded out of the round, like that would have been something else too. But, uh, but the more I look at it, the more I learn about Gregory Rousseau, even finding out why he opted out of the 2020 season, his mother being a nurse working on the front line, their concerns, like I am like genuinely like giddy excited to see what he can do in Buffalo. And, and I think again, for many fans, right. It, 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 your expectations around the draft, my expectations around the draft could be a little warped, like certainly thought that there needed to be a cornerback drafted earlier, but that is not going to squash my excitement to see what Gregory Rousseau can do, what Carlos Basham can do, what all these guys can do, um, and how this Bills pass rush might be able to improve, generate some more sacks, some more tackles for loss, some more pressures, um, and really finish on some of those plays. Right? You talk about the Bills being successful when it came to the win rate uh, against the pass in 2020. But, you know, finishing 16th in the NFL in sacks. And I realize sacks can be an overrated statistic. So, you know, look at everything. Look at batted balls. Like, look at Gregory Rousseau with that wingspan and his height and what he can bring to the table. And to me, that's pretty exciting. Um, One thing that I mentioned before, and I realize I'm jumping all over the place a little bit, but it's also like that post-draft week, right? So I think I did like eight podcasts between Thursday and Sunday, either guest spots or just ones that we did here for Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. I even questioned if I would do a pod today just of like I'm I'm shot when it comes to it. Right. It's like that lull after the draft. But one thing I do keep coming back to, as I addressed before, is the cornerback position. Um, and, And it's it's interesting. Right. Like. I, I wonder, and, and I say this uh, fondly, right? Like my relationship with Bruce Nolan, host of the Bruce exclusive here. And, you know, Bruce is like that stand on the table, like pound the desk. The Bills need to add athleticism at cornerback. And adding Rashad Wild Goose Jr. in round six, you know, that that's not what I'm talking about, right, with that or what he's talking about, I should say. 
Um, and I think when you, you know, you hear how passionate he speaks about the Bills need to add a cornerback, um, I do agree with that, right? I mean, there's certain things in the past, and Bruce is so eloquent and makes so many great points when he does that, you know, now I start to look at that free agency side of things and say, are the Bills potentially going to look to add someone? Like, was there one of those conversations before the draft of like, hey, let's see how things play out. If we don't get our guy, if we don't see the right value there, you know, maybe we're going to give your client a call. Maybe there's someone that stands out from that. There are certainly cornerbacks that are still out there if the Bills wanted to add competition either in the slot or on the outside. Um, a name at the top of everyone's list, of course, is Richard Sherman, right? And if they were to add Richard Sherman, I mean, he's going to come at a price. Like, he's not going to come cheap. He's not looking for a prove-it deal. Like, he's in the later stages of his career. But that is someone that's out there. You, We all heard the interview that Brandon Bean did with Sherman and Chris Collinsworth, where there seemed to be like a, a little bit of a spark between uh, between those guys. Um, other cornerbacks that still remain out there, Nikel Roby Coleman um, is still available. If the Bills, you know, look to bring back a, a familiar face, is someone that could, you know, maybe come in and add some depth at the slot. I don't really see that happening on the outside. Casey Hayward Jr. certainly a popular name. Bashad Breland. Um, formerly of the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, they've brought back a lot of guys. And that is a name that is not um, has not come up in conversations uh, that at least anything that I have seen at this time. Um, Josh Norman is still out there. I would be real surprised if the Bills were to bring Norman back unless it was anything on like a, a one year vet type of deal. Um, you know, but it's just like, listen, there there is not a high ceiling in any way, shape or form downside of his career. But if it was just, listen, we want a veteran to be, you know, on the roster that can step in in a pinch should someone get injured. I think that is completely understandable. The most attractive name out there, and this does come from, uh, again, conversations I've had with Bruce before, is Steven Nelson, who was with the Pittsburgh Steelers and had been cut um, earlier this offseason. He's 28 years old. He was a third round pick in 2015. Um, you know, he started 46 of 48 games, um, you know, seven interceptions in the last two years. Really just, you know, you look at him as he was a cap cut by the Steelers. They did it after the start of free agency, which kind of puts Nelson in a bit of a bind, right? Because they were saving like, I think it was like $14 million by making the cut. So now here's a guy that you have to think like looking for an opportunity, but maybe those free agency dollars are not out there at this point. Maybe it is someone that's coming in on like a one year, I'll say prove it type of deal. And when I say a prove it type of deal, I don't mean a cheap deal, right? Maybe here's someone that comes in for like six, seven, eight million dollars on a one year deal to say like, okay, I'll hit free agency once things get back to normal. Once, you know, I, I know what I'm looking for. Teams have a better idea of the salary cap. That's someone to keep an eye on, um, certainly. And we'll have to touch base with Bruce in the near future to kind of get his thoughts on Steven Nelson. But my point is, just because the Bills didn't draft a cornerback, it's going to be interesting to watch and see if they bring in some kind of a vet to provide competition with Dane Jackson and Levi Wallace or if Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott are really confident and comfortable with those two guys. So listen, like I was saying, I'm I'm <laughs> kind of shot my voice. You guys could probably still hear it, 
even from this weekend is a little bit out of sorts, but I always appreciate you guys tuning in. Just figured I'd jump on, talk a little bit about the cornerbacks, talk about Gregory Rousseau, and of course, talk about those fifth-year options for Josh Allen and Tremaine Edmonds. So let me get out of here. I'll talk to you all soon. Thanks for listening. And as always, go Bills.